welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. This week on the ABCA podcast, we check in with ABCA ATech Pacific Association Regional Coach of the Year, Riverside Community College Head Coach Rudy Arguelles. Riverside Community College is now an elite company, having won their fifth CCCAA championship. Coach Arguelles has been a part of all five championships as either a player, assistant, or head coach. This year's state championship moves Riverside into third place and one win away from second place for California state championships. I had a chance to meet Coach Arguelles in Forsham, California in May. I was extremely impressed with how he and the Riverside program carried themselves. Riverside plays with a team-first mentality on both sides of the baseball. They had a 420 team on base percentage and 88 hit-by-pitches. Their pitching staff had over eight strikeouts per nine innings, and they fielded 970. This is a heartfelt listen from two people who are passionate about the game of baseball. We're kindred spirits because we both wear our emotions on our sleeves. Let's welcome Coach Arguelles to the podcast. And then the youngest, she's she's going into eighth grade, and oh, she's buddy. in both travel softball, and he's trying to balance baseball and football still and he's excited he's headed to ucla after his senior year so he's excited is he gonna play there he is they're gonna they're gonna allow him to do both oh wow at least at least try to balance it out and as you and i both know awesome the crossroads will come at some point in time yeah yeah i man not a lot, but we had one at Iowa. He was more of a punter, but was really good baseball player. Played in the Cape and was a draft. And he stopped after his freshman year of football because he just couldn't. He couldn't deal with practice. It's boring being a punter. Yeah, I, <laughs> I get it if you're on the field and all that. But he was like a backup punter. But then at Western Illinois, I had two of them that played all four years football and baseball. But it was one double-A football there. So, I mean, you can do it there a little bit more. But um, Steve McShane and Justin Fitzpatrick, they were two of my favorite. But they were two of my favorite players I ever had. And we never had them in the fall. That's yeah. the, That was the thing with football is they weren't allowed to practice with us at all. And, but they made it work. 
Now, spring football was was rough for them um, right. because they they were getting pulled in a lot of different directions, but they played for us in baseball, so it was hard. That was like the only tough time was like that two-week stretch of of spring football where they were getting it handed to them with pads on and then still trying to play. But I loved both those guys. I would do it. I you, you can't do it with a lot of them, but I would I would have done it every year if we had guys that were good enough to do it because the mentality they have is is way different. I, they just bring a good mentality to the baseball side of it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's absolutely different. And and I know, I mean, there's probably so many more baseball guys that that wish they could attach that football mentality, that have that football experience, yeah. you know, and it comes out with their traits, their style, the way they play, the way they approach it. Um, but then, you know, you get into that, that game, there's, there's just some physical features and factors that yep. need to be prevalent for, for you to be able to perform at that level, yep. you know? And but, as a division one baseball coach, you're dumb not to try to do it because they're on a football scholarship. You know, it doesn't cost you anything from a baseball standpoint so if, if you can mix a couple of those guys in, it stretches your scholarship amount. Oh, 100%. And, you know, who knows what's going to go on here with the lay of the land, yeah. with everything that's developing as, as we speak, you know, yeah. pretty wild. Here with Rudy Aguayas, Riverside Community College head coach, uh, longtime assistant, was a player there, but now five state champions – Chips, this is a great story that I don't think a lot of people know. You've been there for all five, so that puts you in rarefied air now. You guys are tied for third overall and one win away from going to second place and then sniffing nine. I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much down the road on that, but again, this is a great story that I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to because you're in rarefied air now with, with five state championships. Thank you, Ryan. Yes, it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of attachment, a lot of history. You know, um, you know, I've not thought of any other place um, other than when you first start out. You end your playing career. You know, you you get into the coaching. You and I talked about it a little bit. It wasn't something that that I truly did pursue. Um, it was something that you know that I was approached with with uh, my mentor. Um, and, and, and uh, Dennis Rogers, you know, when I, w uh, I was still playing, you know, and he was adamant about it, that you, you've got to get into the coaching realm of things. You've got to come back. This is for you. Um, wow. There's, a, you know, there's all kinds of stories and everyone's journey is different, but it wasn't something that I pursued, but I, I am truly, truly blessed. Um, I love what I do to this day, even having to navigate, as we talked about, you know, before having to navigate and get through these these really tough times that, to be honest with you, still exist here at our institution that we're dealing with um, that are tough, that are frustrating. Um, but man, it's it's been it's been awesome to me, for me, for my family, uh, for everybody that I've been involved with. Um, so, you know, when I see the black and orange, those colors, man, it's you know, it really does resonate and it really hits with me, um, with Riverside and, and the Tiger family. What did Dennis see in you that was, he knew was a calling for you that maybe you didn't see at the time? Oh man. Um, 
I, I think it was, I think it was just the, well, maybe a couple of things, but I, I know one stood out just, just the mere fact of, you know, embracing and, and the desire and will to just compete, just compete. Um, undersized player, um, none of the skill sets tipped any of the levels, you know, when it came to a pro ball, let alone division one caliber baseball, you know, um, but it was, it was that willingness to embrace competitiveness, just to compete. And I didn't care who it was. And I think he saw that, um, brought me in a couple of times with, with some, you know, every team goes through scenarios and situations and then there's individual meetings that come on and you're smiling right now because everyone that's done this has been in this understands this conversation right now. And, and with him, I'll never forget it. He brought me in one moment and we're, we're getting ready to make a push late in the season, get into the playoffs. And he says, you know, how, how do we instill or how do we get, you know, some of the players to, to find that fire. And I remember looking at him to this day, I can, I can create that scenario, that picture right now. And I remember looking at him and I, I said, I don't have an answer for you because that fire you're telling me to explain and how to give out had been prevalent with me since I, I could ever remember as a kid doing anything. I didn't care if we were playing a pickup game it, a board game, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was, you know, my cousins and they were female, my cousins, they were male. If it was someone on the block, um, I just had that innate fire and desire to compete. Um, and I think he recognized that, you know. Um, and then and then you you top that off with work ethic. And that's something that that was developed and 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 instilled in me as a young man. And I, I give 100 percent credit to to my grandfather who you know, who raised me and, you know, may he rest in peace. He's no longer with us, but uh, it was about work. You, you had to work. If you wanted, if you wanted something, you're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to put your time. Um, hey, when was your first job growing up? <laughs> you're going to laugh. Um, they would take me around with a lawnmower edger, right? And I was doing lawns in, in the neighborhood. Before I was even legal to even have a job. Paper route was my first one. My parents you know? instilled that in me. Um, you know, I think we missed that opportunity for this generation of kids. Like there's no paper routes anymore, but that was made underage. Obviously not. You know, that was your first opportunity really to work in Southern Indiana was a paper route. So I learned uh, you had to go door to door. You had to collect money that that would that instilled a work ethic in me of, okay, I, I didn't want to get up at six o'clock in the morning to deliver papers, but I did. And my mom helped me. And so like that, but money, money equals freedom. I was able to buy some things at a young age that we wouldn't have been able to afford as a family. So that was my first taste of it was a, was a paper route. 100%. And, you know, my, my wife and I, even in this household still have that conversation, how, how times have changed, still try to instill those values. Yeah. Um, but in different ways with, with the way the layout is today, but that was it. I was, I was, I was doing lawns and, and, and then when I was able to obtain a job legally, my first job, I worked at a car wash, USA car wash. Worked you know? in the kitchen. 
That was my yeah. first job. I worked in a the pub in Evansville. That was my first job in high school was washing dishes. And held, held the job all the way through high school. Always had one. Yep. Pizza delivery guy. Yep. <laughs> but your mentality, you had to have been one of Murph's favorite guys at Arizona State, just from your mentality. Because when I when I get around you, I, that fits for me. I'm like, and I know Murph going way back to Notre Dame and Evansville days. Just the, my first interaction with you, I was like, okay, that's one of that's got to be one of Murph's favorites. Because you know, overachiever thing, and, and anybody who knows Murph, you know, he was gonna he was gonna go against the grain if he had the opportunity yes. to do so. If he had the opportunity to prove anybody wrong by going against the grain, he was gonna do it. He was first yeah. in line. Yeah, you know. Um, the man was a motivator, 100%, you know, um, could speak, communicate. And there was always, there was always a method to the madness for sure. You know? Um, and, and I, I believe so. It, it was a, it was a crazy situation and story with that. You know, I had a layoff as a player raised by grandparents, had to go to work. Anybody who knows that story was fortunate to come back to Dennis, to RCC, um, and then down here in, in California at the JC level, we have, uh, two all-star games, one for the North, one for the South. And back in that day, um, I was chosen to attend and represent. And, um, I showed up and a long time coach here in our conference in the orange empire conference was Nick Piscardo. And, and, um, man, I owe Nick to this day. Uh, there was a, there was another player that didn't show up. And I remember Nick looking at me and he goes, Hey, you ready to play all night? Because you had to split time up. And he knew my story and whatnot. And um, he goes, I told him, Coach, you know, you know, I am. Um, so with that, I mean, I got to play all nine innings in that game. The only guy. Um, I ended up getting two at bats from the right side, two at bats from the left side, stole some bags. Um, threw a runner out, you know, I played well, uh, at that time, I thought that, Hey, that's, that's just normal. And Ryan, I'm going to be honest with you. When I came back and I was playing in those days, I truly didn't understand what was the difference between division one, division two. I just knew there was college baseball. <laughs> and that may sound silly to people, but that was me. It was just about, hey, in the moment, play, whatever develops, develops. I got home and my phone was blowing up. And back in those days, it was the tape recorders yep. attached to your phone. So you had to press and listen to the messages. Um, but my phone was ringing and it was it was Dennis, you know, and, I'm, and he's yelling. He's yelling. I can't say the words he was telling me, but basically, like, what did you do? And the way he was saying it, I'm like, I'm thinking – trying to go back like did I do anything wrong like I didn't I, what did I do wrong why is he why is he mad at me you know um and I didn't understand so then finally he goes no like what went on today we played what did you do so I told him what we what I did um and he goes okay that's who Dennis was Dennis was hey you're you're gonna sit down here's where the interest is let's create let's create our checklist Let's talk about, you know, now today's day and age, everyone is talking about, hey, it's about fit. It's about fit. It's about fit. Get your boxes checked off. And which is important. He was doing it way back in the day. Um, 
And he really wanted you to go into those situations to where, hey, they're not asking the questions. You're giving them the questions for them to give you the feedback, yeah. which is great. And I still try to carry that over to the guys as well. It's about educating them. It's about informing them. But that happened. Um, I, I was blessed. I was fortunate. Phone was ringing off the hook. Um, it was exciting. But I still, to be honest with you, Ryan, I didn't really understand, like, yeah. what's happening right now? You know, it's cool. I'm going to get to play beyond RCC. Um, and that's Doug Schreiber. Um, Doug, Schreiber, Doug. Schreiber's, Schreiber was there. And he's, he's the one that had the recruiting process with me. Um, and it got a little sticky, you know, um, to this day, I'll, I, I love Frank Anderson, even though I don't get to talk to Frank very much, you know, and that's a, that's a fiery man right there. Right. Um, and, and I thought, Hey, I'm going to go to Texas tech to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, when he was there, but then. Again, the layoff had to go through the NCA, had to appeal that process. And so the schools wanted to, to step back and let that process take place where um, here comes Murph, go against the grain. It's the underdog. Get his butt down here. You let him know we don't care. We're not going to wait. We want to move forward with the process. I want this young man to understand he needs to be a sun devil. And you, you, you know me a little bit now, right? You know that, you know that, that right there was like, okay, yep. enough said. I really probably didn't even need to take that visit because I was fired up just hearing that. And um, boy, boy, was I right to make that decision. You know, um, if, if there's another program in the country that I could ever be a part of to ever assist you know, to pursue a championship, it's Sun Devil Land, man, for sure. Deep in my deep in my heart, deep in my soul, one hundred percent. Hey, you got love on Twitter this week. Uh, just the graphic was phenomenal, but your son tweets at you, and how gratifying is that? That I, I think as a parent, like you, you don't know if they're paying attention or watching, but but they do, and so like to get that, like I, I thought it was was awesome. Um, you know the emotions, being able to share your emotions, letting your emotions go free, you know, when we were down there at Folsom. And um, it's just what life does to you. You know, if, if you're really, if you're really bearing down and your intent is high and you're truly on that journey of trying to pursue, trying to be, oh, I should just say, just trying to be better each and every day. If you're really on that journey, that's what life's going to bring to you. Those experiences, whether you, whether, people look at it as soften you up i just i i look at it as he, he, here's the real person that's really evolving in front of everyone's eyes you know and um that is special beyond special i'm, I'm saying that because i'm pointing at you right now you, you're gonna try to make me cry right now and well and i'll cry um, with you you and i are kindred spirits in that way from an emotion and raw emotion and pouring your heart and soul into it you and i are kindred spirits because I just life life it's like life almost washes over you yeah. if you're willing to allow it life is going to wash over you and so it's okay to to show emotions and it should like if you care about something you're you're going to show emotion 100 percent, 100 percent. and so when he's not he's not a young man of many words he's he's the third one you know the youngest and 
everyone knows him. It's just, he's just like this, you know. Um, but to have that, have him say that and put that out, you know, like I said, it's it when it comes from your son, it 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 hits a little different, you know. And uh, I'm I'm grateful. At what point last year did you know, hey, we have a legitimate chance of winning this thing, or or did it ever? occur to you at some point i mean because you had a young looking a lot of freshmen on the roster on both sides at what point did you you know hey we may have a chance to win this thing you know it was it was really navigating through the whole covid situation and like i said we're still we're still navigating um but it was in the fall and, and we carried we carried more numbers than we had ever carried ever in the history and again, I'm going on 24 from the coaching side of things. And um, we had to sit down as a staff, as we do with everything, and go, hey, do we want to do this and open this up to this situation because of the numbers? And again, different sentiment, different feelings because of circumstances. Let's give everybody opportunity and chance to be involved. Um, so we did that. And it was, it was in the fall, and we had – Believe it or not, we had our first scout day we have ever held at RCC because we truly felt, man, we got tremendous depth. I think, I, I think, and we believe that we had talent, you know, to be. Some say don't speak about it in the early stages. It's about establishing the baselines, the foundations again. And, and we have to say that because our turnover is so dang quick. I've kind of changed from that. It's you are who you are and the foundational pieces are set. We continue to grow. We continue to add. We might even, we might even take away a little bit as, as time goes and whatever your personnel has dealt, but our turnover is so quick within the JC side of things. So, I mean, you gotta be on top and we bring it from day one. If, it's about championship mentality. And if you're not addressing it, you're not bringing it up, you're not giving examples, you're not setting the standards, I, they may not even know what that means. It's just a word, you know? So we felt we had it. We truly did. Um, we, set that, we set that pro day up, um, scout day up. And, um, man, we had, we had 50 plus from the D1, D2 professional side, show up to it. We were like, holy cow. Like, awesome. why did it take us so long to put something up like this? Well, that's what COVID did bring to us. You know, that's that's what it did bring to us. So we felt there, but then, okay, here comes the challenges, you know, with, with the COVID, the shutdowns and the, all this and that and, Mandates. California, you guys, your protocol, what you guys went have gone through. No other state has has had to deal with what you guys have had to deal with from a COVID standpoint. Your protocols have been the tightest of everybody. I don't think anybody outside of your state understands that and how tight your guys' protocols were with everything. You know, I won't I won't bring up specific names, but I can tell you, no, that was part of the emotion at the end there. It was, you know, the gratification. Yep the satisfaction, the joy of winning that championship for those particular young men on the field, man, there's, there's nothing like it. And they, they earned every bit of it. And I couldn't have been more proud of them with the resilience that they, 
displayed and they showed, but it was more, it, it was also for every tiger who has ever been part of this family, been a part of this and understands. And, and I think that's something different that you alluded to because I've been here for so long. I've been a part of it in every facet, player, assistant, you know, you know, my feelings on the head, you know, it's, you're, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And there's zero. That's one of the mantras that we have. There's zero egos here. Absolutely zero. There's no room for them. Um, and your assistants so, have been through the wars too. You know, and I, Dave Martinez and I go way back to, to Purdue, Iowa days. And so your assistants have been through the wars also. Absolutely. And, and, um, you know, it's just, it, it was great for that, but it was, it was those conversations that I had to have with, with players, um, with their parents, um, with the mandates, the situations, the scenarios. And um, I think that's there where we had fans beyond attachment that was there because of all those conversations, all that underlying work at homes, on the phones with me going, I'm with you. Whether you're here or we help you go somewhere else and we did help people go elsewhere because they just, in their minds, they did not want to go beyond what was being required and asked of them. And, and I told them, I'm with you. I'm 100% I'm, I'm with you. And I think I think that's why the fan base went, yeah. you know, um, and I still to this day stand, stand firm on it. Right. <laughs> and I loved watching you guys play in, in Folsom. I loved it. Just there's a team mentality there. You know, the thing that stuck out is like every one of your hitters is on top of home plate and you look, you got 88 hit by pitches, but it was to a man. And I'm like, okay, that's gotta be something that they're focusing on offensively is like that. That's a team thing. That's a, that's a team concept thing is that like, okay, we're going to get on the plate. We're going to make the pitcher uncomfortable. We're going to wear it if we need to. Like, that was one of the biggest things that stuck out to me when I watched you guys. That was something that, as a player, I had to develop. And okay. we'll go back to Murph. Okay. <laughs> we had – I don't know if you can do it in today's day and age, right? Well, they've taken away the Division One level, especially. Like, you can't get – they don't – they want you to jump out of the way, which drives me nuts. You're rewarding the pitcher for a bad pitch. It drives me crazy. The, the ruling now at the college level needs to go away. Like I've said it forever. You're rewarding the pitcher for making bad pitches. I agree with you, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a mentality thing. It, it's, it's 100% a mentality thing. And, and that's something with this particular club, you know, it was, a, it was an ongoing process because we could have probably doubled that number. right? Yeah. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many conversations like, Hey, if that ball in flight isn't shoulder height or above, we ain't moving. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a mentality. We ain't moving. Um, I say, we go back to a Murph deal. You know, that was there and wasn't blessed. Had to find ways to get on, had our own special BP at times get our regular rounds, get in there. Yep. We're throwing at you so you can condition, <laughs> yep. you know? I mean, in 420 on base percentage as a team, like you don't see that anymore. You just don't like that's, 
350 right now is good at the college level, but 420, I mean, it's, it's a lot of opportunities to score when you're getting that many guys on base. And that's it. And be able to cash in and don't let the moments get too big. Be willing to let things develop, you know, really bear down, you know, really bear down visually, have, have a defined plan going into each at bat, you know, and, and again, we look back, you look at those numbers and you're like outstanding. And here's the competitive side. We can be better. We can be better. Gentlemen, we can be better. (laughs) I mean, did, did you face much adversity? I mean, you lost three games in a row early. You know, you guys start playing so early. Is that part of the reason you have a smaller roster? Because you start playing in January. So, it, you know, from the pitching side especially, you're not going to need as many arms because you can kind of spread your, your games out throughout the year. Um, but, I mean, what did you talk to the guys? You lose three in a row. Uh, you know you're good, but that you're going you're gonna to have some tough stretches sometimes. I mean, what were the conversations with the guys at that point? You know, to be honest, they're – you know, in that rut. And I can, you're saying that right now. And I can, I can instantly, I'm going back to that week. That was, that was Palomar and Ventura. Week. Yes. Yep. And, and um, it was, it was really beating ourselves. So that, that, that was one of the messages there, you know, um, let's, let's tip the cap. Let's acknowledge we don't accept, but Hey, we get beat. Let's get beat. Yeah. Let's not beat ourselves. And then that was kind of the, the scenario and the situation going through specifically and especially during that three-game span that, that week there. Um, and then a lot of it, too, I think, Ryan, is a lot of people, when I tell them how we set up our preseason schedule, uh, non-conference part of it, they look at me like I'm crazy. But I'm, I'm just a firm believer. Dennis instilled it in, in, in me early um, you know, at the next level, it, it's about series. It's about consecutive days. And here at our level, for whatever reason, we don't want to do it. The, the, the consensus doesn't want to do it, you know. And, and if you're truly about providing for those student athletes and preparing them the best you possibly can, then why wouldn't you emulate what they're going to be experiencing at the next level? And, and that's something that we do in, in the preseason non-conference part of it. We may not play the same team, but we're going to go three consecutive days the best we possibly can um, as we coordinate, communicate, putting that schedule together. With that, it's going to force you to utilize your depth. And you have to be willing and you have to be okay for those things that are going to happen. But for us, it's like, it's glaring information. It's necessary information to not only address what, hey, we need to attack and work on, you know, on the field, um, but it's also going to give information to to the player as well as us. And I love and your again. guys' playoff format. I think I think you guys got it right with the playoff format, and I really like the championship series with the two from the north and the south, and you know, I liked the first day where everybody got to take pregame, BP on the field. It felt more like a regular game more than than a, a postseason where it's it's abnormal. But I really do like the California setup and how you guys have things set up there. Thank you. It's 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 a grind. You you get there, you definitely earn it. Yeah. You know, you definitely earn it. And I love I love the series part of it. Yeah. 
You know, I love the series part of it. And then, hey, at the final, hey, now now you get back to that double elimination format and your depth's coming into play 100%, you know. I mean, I, I talked about it earlier. Are you, do you, are you looking at the record book at all for, for wins? I mean, are you looking at it? That's where you don't know me, right? Because you still have, I mean, you still have a lot of years left. I mean, it's, it's realistic for you. Like, you know, the other guys, they're on the back end of it. You know, you, you know, Ron Scott just retired, you know, picks done. Like those guys are on the back end of it. You're, you're right in the prime of it. You know, it's, I, I think I'm, you know, outside of pick and, and again, another, another mentor that I've never, I've never had the privilege to share a dugout with, be a part of, but you talk about tremendous respect for that man as well. Um, you know, Alto, may he rest in peace. You know, I've been fortunate, you know, beyond fortunate to be around, around these guys to learn from them afar, like I said, not share a dugout, but have, you know, conversations, things of that nature. But that turnover where you're saying where I'm at, I'm, it's like, there's been so much in this conference. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the old guy now, you know, I, 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 I'm the guy, the old guy, you know, I'm at, at 50. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't pay attention to the stuff, honestly, um, truly. And I should probably pay attention a little bit more, um, you know, so when it comes to the history and things of that nature, um, Ron, Ron a, and I talked about it a little bit on our podcast that I did with Ron, you know, after he broke the record, but he talked more about trying to savor things. And I think he knew we didn't add, you know, I think he knew he was going to be done at that point, but he talked yeah. a lot on the podcast about trying to, to savor those moments because they are fleeting at times. And again, you, you have to savor those moments because they don't come around all the time. You know, absolutely. And, and I just think it's, it's where I'm at. I think it was embedded in me and, and, you know, with instilled with Dennis as well as, and all of us that have had time with him understood as well. His, his big thing was, you know, you stay in the moment, you stay in the moment too far ahead. You know, you, you talk about, you know, do you have a dream? You know, this was one of his big ones. You have a dream. Well, don't spend too much time dreaming. You know, <laughs> it's now it's, it's, it's the moment. And I, I truly, I, I truly think that's how I've lived my life as well. Yeah. As we get older though, Ryan, you know, life and start thinking about, Hey, you're set up retirement, financials, family, those types of things. Yeah. A little bit, but I still, still to this day, I, I try to stay in the moment as, as best I possibly can. And, um, it's worked, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. It's, it's been a good recipe to try to follow and, and be able to pass on to, to the young men that I come across, you know, with the larger roster, were you having to, to maybe change how you're viewing guys roles at all, or did it stay pretty consistent from what you've done in the past with, with the larger roster? Yeah, I, I think it, it gave us more flexibility and, 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 um, man if you if you look from 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 opening day to to the championship game we had a multitude of guys who played a multitude of defensive positions you know um and it and it played out and their willingness to you know because they, we, we know this you know how, how how many times do we fight we're no why are you telling me this you know i'm not that you know um 
But again, that goes in, I think that goes heavily into the relational aspect of things to where, hey, you, you gain, you gain their trust and, and they understand you're 100% there for them to, to assist them and allow them to succeed, to grow, to develop, to move on, to, to extend those years. We don't want Mr. Baseball knocking on our door. We push that away. He's coming. We can't avoid it. But once they know that, that you're there for them to, to push him off as long as possible and let them play this game, let them be able to compete in this realm of this game as long as they can. Um, it's a precious thing. It's a precious thing. You're an ultra utility player. So, I mean, you, you kind of got in that mode of, of moving around. I moved around too. So I played, especially in summer ball, I played multiple positions, but that make it a little easier for you to maybe communicate to guys like, Hey, I played every position on the field, except for catcher. It's, it's something that I bring to the table with them in conversations, yeah. you know, and it's, it's something that, you know, here at our level, it, we would love to just spend time with our club. We got to teach classes. It's, it's backwards in California. Um, but it's something that I share with my students as well. And it's, it's, I'll never ask you to do something that I would never do or that I've never experienced. And, and when it comes to that situation and scenario, particularly, Ryan, it, it's easy to come across because gentlemen, look, and I, I can give you my experience having to deal with the adjustments, uh, the, the feeling of being uncomfortable because of the change that's coming about, you know? So yeah, absolutely help me out. And, and you know what, with today's day and age in the game, even at the pinnacle, and, and I refer to the bigs as the pinnacle, um, how many guys, how many of those utility guys up there that are succeeding on the successful teams, especially that are being prevalent in the spotlight. So I think that helps as well. You know, when I was in California and we talked about this and it was on the California podcast about just with your guys picking up the dirt afterwards. I mean, when does that start for you? Does that start as soon as they get there in the fall talking about respect for the game and doing the right things? Is that as soon as that in the recruiting process? You know, when are you having that conversation with your, with your players? That, that more is once, once fall, once fall hits, we got everybody in classes and in the seat. And to be honest with you, we don't hit the field for the first two weeks of fall. At least it's, it's week number three, beginning of week number three, we start going on the field and we, and we tease them. We're, we're going to crawl or, or we're, we're going to, we're going to first grade. We're going to elementary, you know, and, and then we'll, we'll amp it up progressively. And we start bringing in, you know, the cultural mentality approach, things that are important, that are vital, that have carryover. They might not see the value or carryover at that particular time and moment when it's presented to them, but understand. And that one there, right, like I said, is just, that's, that's just number one. Wherever we show up, wherever we have the opportunity to work out, play, you're going to leave the place better. That's the goal. Leave it better than when you showed up. It's just, 
don't matter where it's at. And hopefully it carries over not only to the ball fields, to, to everywhere they go. Those first three weeks, how long are the classroom sessions for you guys? Um, you know, it just depends. You know, usually it's to get them acclimated. Those first two weeks, it's important for us has been we established, hey, is this something we want to do? Yeah, absolutely, 100%, especially with the youngins coming in, um, because they think they got it. They're pounding it. They're they're confident. We've been through it. You know, they're playing travel ball, all this, that, all year round. This is not going to be anything. Um, and so we do it for two things. Hey, get them acclimated as best as possible to what the schedule is going to be about. You're, 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 we're not doing anything on the field, so there's one less worry and one less thing on your plate that you have to take care of, all right? We'll still, we still meet, and that's where that classroom time, our classroom time comes in, those meeting sessions. But it's about getting in the class, understanding what the schedule is. Hey, when do you need your intake to fuel that Ferrari, you know, that body? Um, understand time increments that you're going to have. Where's your flexibility? Things of that nature. Um, then we'll start bringing in the morning workouts, and, and, and again, it's, it's all for us. It's all for a reason. You're going to have half the people in the country going times of change. Why are you working out so dang early in the morning? Um, I value their opinion, but that's their opinion. Um, and then you're going to have the other half. Get well, to bed earlier at night. I, it, it, there's sorry. advantages all across the board. Get to bed earlier and, at then, night. and then you want to see, hey, is this important for you? For sure. Is this important for you? You know, because, you know, if you're showing up to that interview, <laughs> you're unprepared, you're late, you're, you know, it's not going to end up well for you. You know, it's just the parallels that come. And that's really why we, we do those things, you know. Um, I, I, but that's, again, I, we're not asking enough of kids now. Like we're not, we're not asking enough of them. And, and you have to do things like that for it to become a priority for someone. If you're not asking them to do those things, it's not that much of a priority for them. Life isn't easy. Baseball isn't easy. Like all of that comes with challenges. So, you know, I talked to uh, Coach at Herkimer, Coach Rathman. They just won the Division Three uh, Junior College Championship. Military guy, but we talked about it, you know, you have to make it a priority for them. And, and part of that is them accomplishing goals now too. Like you have to set challenges up for them to be able to accept a challenge, overcome it. They get confidence off that. 100%. And it's the accountability factor. Uh, you, you can, you can talk about it or you can be about it. Yes. Yep. And, and, and that's tough. And I know, I know for the younger guys coming in into this, this profession, and this is what they want to do that might be one of the biggest challenges yes. that they're going to come across to be able to uphold. If that's what your standards, your expectations, that's part of your cultural belief, you know, from the accountability standpoint, can you stand by it regardless? Is that your highest prospect or is that your guy clinging on to the last spot on the roster? And for us, again, no egos doesn't matter. Everyone is vital. You're a part of it. You're a part of it. And everyone is going to be upheld to the exact same standards with zero exceptions. And I think once those scenarios and situations pop up 
and they present themselves, they're all doing this, Ryan. What's he going to do? Yep. How's Coach going to react to it? What is it? And when you can do it, when you can do it to a to to your best player, you know, or best players, it's like you may be all out here. And then when that moment happens and, and the example is set, here it is. It's no longer about words. It's actions. Let's go. The belief system, it just goes through the roof. But then again, it's like you said, it's it's not only about our dang game. It's it's about life. And if we aren't preparing them for that biggest game of life, we're doing them a damn injustice. Yep. And and now that starts with the recruiting process. Majority of the time when I sit them down and it comes in is there's a vow. And if 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 you vow to this family, this tiger family. I promise and bow to you as a father. And that's how you're going to be treated. You will be treated exactly the way my own flesh and blood is treated in my household. That's my vow. And um, I still say I was fortunate to coach my own son. And you and I talked a little bit about it. And you know, again, it, it's words, those situations, examples come up. Oh, yeah, it's not about words. He's going to do it. He's it's set. He's following through 100 percent. But when my son came aboard and played for us, um, it was really that year in that group that just the culture just went off because it was like, oh, my, it was that part of. I promise to treat you, guide you, mentor you as I am my son. Sons, they saw it firsthand. And I, I think see a that different was... side of it. I, you know, that's why I did the father and son episodes during COVID, because I don't think people realize that. And to a person coach, they, they still feel like it's the best part of their coaching journey is when they got to coach their own kid. But the, the byproduct of that is how the team sees you interact with your own kid. I just think it, it it makes a more cohesive unit because they see that, okay, this this actually is what he's talking about and they're not treating them any different. Like there's no special there's no special circumstances for the kid. Probably harder. I mean it, it really is. <laughs> it's harder. Um We have to admit that. It is harder. It's harder on the kid. It is because you are gonna get your accountability is different than, than everybody else because you have to hold yourself to a higher standard because it's family. It's not just you're playing for coach now. You're playing for family, so your your accountability as the player is way higher than than the other players. It is. 100%, and there's no shutoff. No. The tough part is the no shutoff. And and, and mom mom and wife yes. would, would, would let me know on a consistent basis, like, hey, we have to be able to shut off. He, he gets it there. He gets it yep. here. Yep. Um, you know, that, that balance part, no, no question. That's the tough part. Yep. But uh, again, nothing better. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't change anything. And, and I was beyond blessed. And I truly do to this day. And I, I tell everybody that was the most pivotal, I think the most pivotal change in, in, in my coaching tenure was was that opportunity there and 
I tease him because I said I probably forced him out of the game. <laughs> but it pushed him onto what his true passion and and vision was, and that was to be a firefighter. And he he's he's a full time firefighter at the age of twenty three. That's, that's awesome. That's pretty good. Pretty proud. You know, how much of the recruiting process for you also with the guys that show up is getting to play in the Orange Empire Conference? Huge. It, it's been huge from from day one. Like I said, I didn't really understand. You know, when I was a player coming in, it was more of, hey, we got this guy, Dennis Rogers, coming into RCC, you know, that's going to take over this program and you know, my high school coaches, uh, Don Don Harris and, and Gary Parcell. Gary's still at North Go High right now. Um, and they're like, hey, man, you got you to play for this guy. And, and I think I shared this with you as well. I, I would never tell my guys this in today's day and age, even though the it's changed right now because of COVID. There, you know, a lot of institutions aren't requiring the SAT or ACT right now. Um, and I don't know if that's going to come back or not, but um, – I was so sold because two two of my former teammates had already started playing for him his first year there in in Randy Curtis and and Craig Benham. And um, they're like, you have to play for this guy. You you have to play for him. So they had me so sold and I hadn't even talked to Dennis yet. (laughs) And and the players are the best recruiters. They are the players, the best recruiters. I've had conversations. I just had another conversation with with the coach the other day. Like, hey, man, he, the guy was committed here. And I'm like, hey, you know me. Hey, if, if you want to have them, it's, if they want to be here, they have to want to be here. We're not, we're not going to force anybody to be somewhere where they do not want to be. Because in the long run, what I have found out, Ryan, and I've experienced, you're going to continue to fight different fights throughout their time at your place, you know? So you got to be okay. You, whether you got to get some calluses or whether it's just skin in the game, um, you, you got to get mentally okay with what this level and this process brings. Um, but it's the players. It's, we don't even have conversations with these guys. It's, it's, it's the players, they go out and play. That, or they go out and work out with players and then their conversations strike up. And the next thing you know, they're the players are going, Hey, this guy wants to come here, coach, or Hey, this guy wants And we're like, Whoa, <laughs> Hey, there's some protocols here, man. And there's some, there's some moral and ethical things that got to take place, you know, but to go back to your point, the best recruiters, 100% are the players. For sure. You know, when does the team offense start for you then, too? Because, again, like I said, that that was the thing that stuck out about watching you guys play was just there was a team mentality. Is that in the classroom sessions before you get on the field? Is that as soon as you get on the field? You know, when does that, that team offense mentality start for you guys? It's both. It, again, again, it's, you know, we're in, the, we're in the crawl stages, and with the crawl stages, it's, it's more of, hey, we get to fill these guys out. See what they bring to the table. Where, where's the strengths? Where's the weaknesses? Um, what do we got to address? And, and then it starts formulating. I would say probably in the second month yep. is where we start. Okay, now let's really start bearing down and heating down into what our philosophies are or belief system. 
And then sometimes we'll adjust those things based on what our personnel is, you know? Um, but that goes in. And again, we use that word resiliency. Matter of fact, the rings that are being made, it's on them, you know, because that's what it is. That's what's displayed. That's what was showed um, during the offensive side of things. Find a way, find a way, any way. Don't want to take aggressiveness away, but we got to be ready 100% from, from pitch number one and to be in attack mode, you know? Um, and it stuck out with your pitchers too. I mean, you're, you're, your first guy that I saw, again, that's what I expect out of a California pitcher, could could spin a breaking ball when you need to and hitters counts, could mix off speed in. And hit. I mean, it was it was your prototypical California-style pitcher, that really good slider, um, but but it was the same on the on the pitching side too, just attack everything, attack the hitter with everything that you got and and go to work. Let's go to work. And and they were they were tired. Those two, those two, those two youngsters were tired. They were tired. Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, share, share a little bit, right? We, we actually had conversation a little bit staff-wise, like, hey, do we flip it around? Because we truly believed, hey, from, from, the, from the pitching side of things, our strength and the opportunity to really make the impact and get, these things, get this done was going to come from our pen. Yeah. And, and they were displaying it. They were huge. But we said, hey, we are who we are. This is who we are. We're going to ride them for whatever it is. But uh, tons of grit, man. Yeah. Show tons of grit. Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something that you thought was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now is one of the best things that happened to you? Man, we can go many from, from, from the fall to, to where we're at. And even on your personal journey, too, on your life journey. Oh, man. Um. I'm not shared this with a whole lot of people, only people that are close to me. Um, like I said, it, there's, there's two, two really special programs that are always going to be dear in my heart and in my soul. Um, and for me, you know, as time, time evolves, right. And, and goes on, we have to understand the reality, what the climate has brought to us and changed. You know, we all have aspirations as players as coaches to take those challenges and have the opportunities to compete at the highest levels d1 side i got into this didn't didn't wasn't anything i dreamed of kind of pushed into it um did i want to coach at the d1 side yes today's today's day and age and my beliefs do i do i believe that i can bring things to the table to to allow success to be had program wise at the division division one side. Absolutely. I do. You better not be competing or coaching or, or playing if you don't have those beliefs. Right. Um, but what life brings you, you, you know where you're at. And, and I've given everything that I have mentally, physically to this institution not only program, but to the institution, I truly feel. Um, well, Ron and I talked say, about that too. And, you know, he, he, his biggest disappointment was getting turned down for the Fresno state job, but it's also the best thing to happen to him because he doesn't, doesn't do what he's done at Fresno city. If he gets the Fresno state job, like it's not, it's not close. So like, you know, life's going to stick it to you sometimes, but it's really how you handle it and how you deal with it. And, um, you know, it's a lot, it's more life, 
life circumstances than it is anything else than than where you, that that's where you end up as your life circumstances. It's it's where you're at. Where 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 are you standing? Yeah. Where are you standing? You know, that's what you have control over. That's that's what's been given to you. So what are you gonna do about it? You know, how are you gonna make it the best place you possibly can with what you have control over? Um, and that's where I'm at. And, and, and with this time, like I said, I've given everything to it. it it's that there, you, you don't even, you, you don't send out resumes. You don't make phone calls. Other people are making phone calls and they have deals already done before it's even announced. Yes. It's just the way it's the yes. way it's, it's created nowadays, you know? So, you know, you get those texts and those phone calls, Hey, you know, this and this, no, I appreciate you. I love you. You know, thank you but it's not reality but to not get sidetracked this going through these last two years was the first times i ever thought about like hey what else can i do you know the the frustration um the anger um the the distrust of what was being presented and then what never came to fruition um continued obstacles um, having to deal with tremendous disappointment, having to be the communicator where no one else institutionally, but yet they relied on you to be able to deliver those messages, no matter good or bad, majority of the time bad. Um, getting in that car and traveling on the road and showing up to homes and consoling beat down young men, you know, um, that were emotionally just distraught and trying to get them to believe and give hope to you name it. Ryan didn't even, weren't even allowed on our campus or our field for, for a year and a half. Um, when Dave and I showed up for the first time, you talk about an eerie, eerie feeling. It was like when, when the pandemic hit and you gotta go, everyone in panic, we literally had our laptop plugged in, scoreboard, everything laid out. It was like, it was like a mad rush. And we showed up and everything was in the same spot, not untouched. You talk about eerie, just eerie feeling, you know? So for me, it was, it was really, you know, what do I do? What's out there? Who are you guys leaning on? Nobody everybody's going through it for the first time. Like there's no protocols in place. Nobody's ever done that before. Like who are you guys leaning on to, to get clarification on things? I wish I could tell you. Right? <laughs> I've, I hurt so bad for, for all of you coaches during that time. You know, I was hurting for everyone because you were dealing with things that no one in the history of humanity had had to deal with before. And to this day, to be honest, day, uh, we are the laughing stock in our conference when it comes to what we've had to deal with, what we're still dealing with. You know, it, it's 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 we're the laughing stock, rightfully so. You know, it's um, I don't know. And again, we're the only ones outside of you know Orange County in our conference. Uh, we're in Riverside County. Um, 
But I mean, you got neighboring schools that aren't in our conference that moved, adjusted, um, have eliminated, you know, mandates. They're progressing and we're still stuck, but we'll still continue to try to adjust and do the best we can. And I think sometimes, Ryan, that's probably looked upon from, from up top and go, hey, they keep performing. Yeah. They keep producing. Can they, they can handle it, you know? Um, That's how the so convention kind of was for us. I mean, Cook County put all these mandates in. You drive five miles outside of Cook County in the neighboring suburbs, didn't have the same protocols as Cook County in Chicago. Wild. Wild. It was wild. It, it, it was it wild. Just... I ran an event the next weekend in in the suburbs, and there was nothing like it was in cook county five miles to the east i was you know we still can't use our field for for outside you know i I, we get called all the time to whether it be connie mac teams travel teams um community camp things of that nature because hey they got to fulfill the protocols where next week we're we're going to be involved in the community with, with youth camp, you know, in town, in Riverside, um, zero protocols. And there's probably going to be 150 to 200 kids and parents. We can't even use our own field for that. You know, it's, it's baffling. It's baffling. Hey, you're in great shape. I got to ask you about your morning or evening routines. Like, are you working out a lot? Because you are in good shape. Like, you're you're fit. So, I mean, do you have any evening or morning routines? That's one of the other things I like asking successful people because they all have different hacks for how they stay on top of things. I need to get back on my track um, because I did get sidetracked this year a little bit. Thank you. Um, It's something that I do, and I think it's something that was – brought on with me with again i said hey here in california we're backwards in this profession you know we got to teach those general courses and and with the kinese based movement based courses so i uh, fitness i got boot camp classes i got weight training classes and again it's something that is my internal belief i'm not going to bring anything to the table for my students my players that i haven't experienced so so therefore it's something as well, early as a player, my stature, my size, um, the work ethic part, I had to address it, increase the strength, flexibility, speed, agility, use those tools, maximize those tools. So it's something that I, I, I adopted and implemented into my lifestyle at a really young age to allow me to compete. And it's just something that I've cared, that I've been able to carry over and been able to provide a, you know, I still I still try to get in there in the early morning workouts with the guys because, you know, you know how it is, Ryan. If you have the ability to demonstrate yes. or you're going to sweat some sweat, some bullets with them, you know, um, I did, they, too. They just, I they just, my they assistants just thought I was nuts. We did yeah. stuff with the ROTC program. So we had we had boot camp days the first part of the semester and I jumped in a couple times with them and these were hard, really hard. And my assistants were like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I, I mean, I need to show these guys that you can still do it. Like I, again, a lot of it's up here. And, you know, so I, every once in a while, you know, at 45, 46 years old, I'm jumping in 
with those guys and doing stuff with them because I think they need to see it sometimes. One hundred percent. And then teaching 100%. yoga was one of the best things I started doing too. My last couple of years at Western because it forced me to get up early. It was a six fifteen a.m. class. I was doing it two days a week, Monday and Wednesday. Would teach it, and it forced me to to wake up at you know five, you know four forty five five to get ready because I I'm not flexible. So to teach that class, I would have to do a warm up because I couldn't go into it cold. So, but that, that completely changed me from an evening person to a morning person. I think you can, you can do what's asked of you. That's a great thing with the brain and the body is you can acclimate to whatever you're asking it to do. 100%. I'm, I'm a firm believer. I'm a, you know, as, as we get older, it's less sleep that we get, yeah. you know, playing cause we're getting up so many times in the middle of the night, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my hands up whenever I get four consecutive hours in, you know, that's, that's a great night, you know? Um, and we're early risers. It's I'll jump on the bike and I'll ride through the town and ride that bike. I'll still push weight. I don't push heavy like I used to, I don't you either. know, um, it's a lot of hit interval stuff. I love hit. For anybody mm -hmm. that hasn't, anybody listening in, anybody that hasn't jumped on a hit class, I would highly recommend it. It's the best bang for your buck. You will get a lot done in a short amount of time, and you don't have to do it. You'll, you can do 20-minute hit workout, and that's a lot of bang for your buck. And you look at the research now from heart, you know, getting your heart rate up, slowing it down, getting it up. That's the best way to do it, and you get, it's the best bang for your buck from a workout standpoint. That's that's my class. I have a class Love called it. body sculpting and that's, that's the one they all want to be in. And I tell them all from the get go, it's going to be a love hate relationship. You're, 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 you're going to hate me like crazy during the class time, but you're going to, you're going to yes. love the benefits that it's going to bring to you after. Yep. And, and the goal with them and with the general students is always, I want you to carry this beyond the class. That's a lifestyle. That's my whole number one it's objective. A, it's and a goal. lifestyle. 100%. Have you ever gotten bad advice? You've been surrounded by some great mentors. Have you ever gotten bad advice from somebody? <laughs> that's a great, Ryan, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I would say yes, bad advice 100%, but you know, not, not in the profession. I've, I've, I've been really, really tremendously blessed with some incredible, incredible men that have been coaches, man. Um, from high school to, I mean, I can still remember my my youth days. Yeah, mine too. With with the guys that left an imprint, an impression on me, an influence on me, uh, you know, positively. And and I think it all starts. To be honest with you, Ryan, it starts in your household. And again, that was something my grandfather, my grandmother. You know, parents that it didn't matter who you were across. It was it was a, it was about respect. <laughs> you better not give any flack. There better not be any body language. You know, you work, you give your best. And I think that that type of mentality opens you up as you get older and you're able to recognize and you're not going to be affected by whatever's coming to you. You know, you're willing to accept um, or work through whatever challenges may come about. But man, I've been blessed. I mean, from, geez, Louise, man. Dennis, 
Murph, Shribes, Nino. Um, in our conference, you know, I'll go back to, to Alto, Biscardo, what do you have, 40 years? Um, you know, pick, you know, just you unique, Bert, you, unique individuals, Don Snedden. Um, I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed. I mean, pick as a player. I went to Arizona State. Jeff, you know, went to, to Tennessee. Tennessee. And um he this is how this is this is what a good man he is, you know, he's incredible. Um, and a tremendous respect. He told me as a player, hey, you find a way to get to Omaha, I'll be there. This is where I, I got a Riverside uniform on. He's this coach at Cypress, and they're good. You know, it's kind of the standard at the time, you know, for sure. Okay. And and didn't know why, you know, why, why is he telling me this, you know? Um, we fall short my junior year, man, heartbroken in Miami. You know, Jason Michaels, you know, with the Grand Slam in the ninth. Um, we get opportunity the following year, and we find a way to get there and come out of Wichita. Um at Omaha, like you're talking, hey, we get that time to work out before state championships. Omaha, you know that. And I use that word when we were going back and forth. I said electric because yeah, there's electric. nothing like it. That's not. I was just there. And I try it's to I try to relay like that. It. I try to relay that experience to my guys. You know, it's about having that opportunity, man. And and I know everyone wants to play professionally, but for me, you know, my mentality. And the pro guys, the advisors and agents out there, they're going to be like, God, God dang it, I like Rudy, but I like him a little less right now, is I'm a firm believer, man. Mac maximize your collegiate years to the best of your abilities and what presents to prepare yourself as fully as you can before you put your signature down in your, in your playing pro ball. But, man, you're going to do that. There's no experience whatsoever that can be even – minutely close to what you are going to be able to have once you get to Omaha. I've been it in the Major it. League Baseball World Series as well. It's not the same. The electricity is not the same. These these are goosebumps, Ryan. I'm talking about it. I'm 50 years old. I'm 50 years old. And, and my heart was broken there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> talked about it. You guys, you ended the negative five era. That game ended... People My listening in that didn't hear it, you know, USC, Arizona State, that game ended negative fives, and, and for the better. It was for the betterment of baseball. I mean, it's... No, 100, 100%. It was for the betterment of baseball, but yes. But that it, game was to, wild. That was a wild game. To recapture that, I mean, it, it, it's uncapturable, you know? And, and um, you know, to go back to pick, we pull up in the bus... And we're getting out on the bus because it's our it's our workout time. We go to the media, have your media day, and then you're going down to get your workout in. And I walk off the bus, and man, who's who's first in line? Pick. It was pick. See, I'm getting emotional right I'm now. Gonna go I'm gonna go see him pick. next week. I mean, he just broke the Cape League win record. I'm going up there next week to see him because he just that's how much he means to me too. Like he's unbelievable person. that's an incredible man that's somebody hey he said he verbally said something and then boom and 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 pick style 
I get off and he, he reads my face and he goes, I'd be here. He gave me a big old hug. No, that's, that's pick, you know, incredible. And you talk about, you talk about respect, man. Tremendous. What are some final thoughts or maybe something I should ask you that I didn't? What a beautiful game we get to be a part of, you know, um, you do a tremendous job in what you do, what you provide for everybody. Um, you know, our climate's changing, uh, but the game itself and the parallels that it brings to prepare young men. And now, now you, now you, women as well, you know, 100%, um, the opportunities that it provides the experiences. And, and, and I would say we can harp on all the X's and O's and strategies and tactics and things of that nature, but ultimately it's always going to come down to relationships, you know, and you can make new ones. Uh, like you and I didn't know each other, but I feel like we're going to have a relationship now. I mean, it's, I, it's a great thing about baseball that I just don't see it in any other industry sport. Like, I just don't see it like I see it with baseball, with the, the relationships that you can develop even later on in your career. You can develop new relationships with people because you have that common bond of baseball with someone. 100%, Ryan. 100%. Yeah. All right. Thank so you, I sir. Say, appreciate you. I say thank you. you. Yep. Absolutely. Appreciate you. So, Absolutely. It's a pleasure. We're- I can't wait till we come across again. Give you that handshake and that hug. One of the things I love about the podcast is being able to share the great stories, coaches, and programs we have in baseball. I love how Coach Arguelles pours his heart and soul into the Riverside program. I also appreciate his willingness to be vulnerable in the moment. Congrats again to the staff and players at Riverside on their fifth state championship. Thanks again to John Litchfield, Jim Richardson, Zach Hale, and Matt West in the ABC office for all their help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at abca.org, Twitter and TikTok, coachb underscore abca, Instagram, ryanbrownlee17, or direct message me via the MyABCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you. Free